How did um, your family feel when you got hired to choreograph Doja's tour? I feel like when we did Jimmy Fallon, which is my first like televised live performance with her, they got a little shook. And then when we did the VMAs, that was when my family, like, that's when it clicked for them. Like, that's when they were just all so proud. Like, every time I watch the video of them, like, watching it with me, like, I, I cry. Aww. But that was the moment where it was just like, I did it. A mic check one, two. Let's see your levels. Mic check one, two. One, Wait, two. From sitting back. <laughs> mic check one, two. Mic check one, two. Mic check one, two. Yeah, yeah. You ever seen the intro of uh, uh, Anchorman, that movie? Nope. Oh, it's just. I suck at that, huh? Huh? You can, you can name a million movies and I'll probably be like, yeah. You know, what? know all action movies. Action movies is what you like? Yeah. I've probably seen every good action movie there is. Really? What's yeah. your favorite action movie? Okay, I can't do that. It has to be like three. Okay. So I would say Shooter, All of the Takens, and Colombiana. I've never heard of two of those. What two? All of the Takens and Colombiana. Okay, first of all, go on Amazon Prime, <laughs> get All the Takens. Taken is, um, you've never seen Taken? Oh, Taken? Yes. Oh, Taken. You know there's oh, Taken Jason's 1, there's Taken oh, 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 2, oh, oh, no, and with, Taken uh, 3. With Liam Neeson. Yeah. That Taken. Oh, okay. I don't know why it was. Blanking. Have you seen all of them? There's three. I didn't know there were. at least two, right? One where there's like the kid up the daughter, then they came the wife. Yeah, and right? then there's the third one. Who did they kidnap? There's the granny on the third one. Who did they kidnap? I don't want to tell you. <laughs> the third one, they killed the wife. <gasps> oh, shit. It's serious. That one's so deep. Oh, my God. Okay, what's the other one? Colombiana? Oh, my God. With fucking, um, what's her name? Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana? Yeah. You've never seen Colombiana? No, never. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's like elite. Elite action supremacy. <laughs> you need to watch it. Please make him watch it. Okay, that's it. I'm done. What is it about action movies that pulls you in? Why, why, not, why didn't you say comedy or drama? Why did you specifically? They keep me in. Um, yeah, they keep me like wondering what's going to happen next or wondering like how they're going to deal with the salute, like how they're going to deal with the problem. Because in action movies, there's always a problem, and they're always dealing with a problem. And I, I like think a very I'm, apparent problem. Yeah, like big. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm always like intrigued to see like, okay, how are they gonna deal with this? Like, your mom got killed. Like, how are you gonna revenge? Like, I don't know. I'm just into it. <laughs> Do you ever like watching the fight choreography? I enjoy a good fight, like a good fight choreography moment. Yeah. Like when it's intense and it's just like. Yeah. Yeah, The Matrix has some really good fights. Did you not see it? And you like action movies? Hold on, no, no, no. If you like action movies and you haven't seen The Matrix, it's arguably one of the best action movies of all time. I, I would put like it up the there Matrix next to The Matrix is so cliche and like it, it, But it's long. that good. Long? I feel like what all movie are you talking about? I feel like all, the Matrix, have all the Matrix movies are like... But have you seen them? No. But I know they're So how wrong. do you feel I about feel like something tried, you haven't seen? I've tried to watch <laughs> The Matrix at least two times and like fell asleep. They're just very like, I need something that's like, 
And Matrix is very much like, I guess, like that. And then maybe up a little, like. You know what? The Matrix has like a deeper philosophy that was ahead of its time. And I think as a filmmaker, I like how innovative the action scenes were from a production standpoint. Mm -hmm. It wasn't nonstop fighting. It was like a psychological and also production kind of evolution. But in terms of nonstop action, the newest Mission Impossible. I heard it was good. Yo, Tom Cruise does his own stunts. Like, for real. Like, there's, there's movies, I haven't seen all the Mission Impossible, but I've seen scenes on YouTube where he's, like, hanging on the side of an airplane. For real. He had wires, but he was really doing it. Right. Like, when he's, like, jumping off the side of buildings, and in this last one, he did, like, a skydiving scene. He was hanging off the outside of a helicopter, doing a fight scene on a helicopter. Like, actually. I think I'm going to go watch it now tonight. I'm going to uh, watch it tonight. Oh, it's intense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to watch it tonight just because of that. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's... I've never seen a lead actor do so many of their own stunts and have them be big stunts at that. Stunts that even regular stunt people are like, holy shit, that's, that's big. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's just incredible what Tom does. Like, like there's a, this one, you know that, that big building in Dubai, what's it called? The, the Burj Khalifa, like that's the tallest building in the world. It's the like, one you see in like every picture. Yeah. yeah. He's like hanging off a rope, walking around, like, like doing like the, I don't know what you call it. It's not bungee jumping but he's like just tethered to the building but like running across it but for real no, like i could never what if they said that he did his stunts for real and he didn't what if he lied that would be amazing value. that would be amazing behind the scenes and what if, amazing what if he fucking lied and he's like in a green screen in hollywood <laughs> like fucking lying I'm that would kidding. be trippy i'm getting well you know what's the the best compliment you can give to a special effects person like if somebody says, yo, I did a special effects on this movie, mm -hmm. the best compliment you can give them is you say, what special effects? Mm. I thought it was all real. Yeah. Okay, I'm Because sometimes it's like adding a window where there wasn't one. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's little things like that just to finish the scene and you're not even supposed to notice it. The best special effects are supposed to be just... Seamless. Yeah. Hmm. So um, I heard you did a little something this weekend. Yeah, I ate pizza. Oh wow, that must have been adventurous. Yeah, I never, I don't eat pizza as much as I should. But um, I don't eat pizza at all, actually. Really? Yeah, I'm a chicken and rice and beans kind of a guy. Yeah, I was really proud of myself. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try pizza this weekend, and it was just like, wow, <laughs> this is what all the hype is about. Yeah, yeah, of course. And did, were you listening to any music or doing nope. anything? Complete uh, silence. No, just silence this weekend. Complete <laughs> silence. Absolutely nothing. Nothing went on. Nothing. You have no reason to be tired today. Just pizza. No I, reason to be tired or proud. I'm proud of myself for eating pizza. Yeah? It was great. What flavor was it? Pepperoni. Classic. Mm. Well done. Can't, I honestly can't even say that I've ever even had pepperoni pizza. I really hope you're kidding like me. I'm really not. You've never had pizza? I've had pizza maybe once. I just didn't like it and just never had it again. Okay. See, you haven't seen The Matrix and I haven't had pizza. So very where does that leave us? It leaves us in a very questionable place. <laughs> <laughs> it means we've been living under a rock. What the hell is going on in this room? <laughs> I wonder which one's worse. Oh, my God. Probably you. Yeah. <laughs> pizza. Come on now. I just had my first peach for the first time like three months ago. really weird yeah right they're getting weirder right what else happened to that <laughs> um let's last put this interview on to you last year i had my first pie 
What kind of pie was it? I forgot. We were at the Magic Castle and somebody gave us a pie and just realized I never had any. <laughs> right? That's interesting. I mean, I guess we're Americanizing you little by little. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One bite at a time. One bite at a time. Yo, up until a couple years ago, I thought tiramisu was a dog breed. That's like a chocolate cake, right? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know what that was until I went to Cabo in October, and I went to an all-inclusive resort. Yeah. And one of the things they had for dessert was that, that was that. And I'm like, do you guys have chocolate cake? And then one person's like, yeah. And so it was good. I liked it. And I was like, hey, I ordered it again. I was like, hey, I want chocolate cake. And they're just like, we don't have chocolate cake. And I was like, you guys have chocolate cake. I know you guys have chocolate. I had it yesterday. And they're just like, no, no chocolate cake. We have a tiramisu. tiramisu. And I was like, okay, well, can I just have that? And it was the chocolate cake. You know, because it, it sounds like a like a like a bull terrier or like a shit zoo. It definitely so I'm thinking like a like tiramisu. A that for sure sounds. You know, yep. <laughs> I was at a dinner once and I heard somebody saying, "Y'all have the tiramisu." I thought they were ordering a dog. I yep. was like, oh, <laughs> "What are yep. you doing?" We eat dog in America. That's what's happening right now. That's trippy. Do you have any pets? No, uh, I want a dog really bad. Um, it's been like the biggest like tug of war with me is like getting wanting a dog but being too busy to have a dog and then like I need a dog I, I went through the process of trying to get one like middle of last year but the dog in the before it was time for me to go get it and take it home the dog passed away like two weeks before. oh my god yeah yeah so like a bunch of dogs that like the breeder I guess um got sick because one of the employees allowed a customer to bring their dog which infected a bunch of puppies, and my puppy was on. So I, I was like, "That's heartbreaking." Yeah, it was like a sign, like, "Okay, it's not time." I was like, "Okay," he was really cute, but yeah. So Have you dog. ever had a pet? <laughs> As a kid, would you like your family had a pet mm -hmm. dog? Yep. Okay, so you, so you at least you know what it feels like to live with a dog. Yeah, it's been a while, but I know what it feels like to live with a dog. It would be new though for me. Yeah, being like an adult living on my own and like trying to figure it out. Yeah, well, Brazi is the first dog I've had. I've never had a pet ever, not even a goldfish before mm -hmm. that. And um, when my ex got him for me many years ago, it just like it was a bond. Like I feel like he's like my spirit animal. Like he is me. You know, he's my extension. <laughs> Dogs are great, man. They really are like healers and like best friends and companions. Dogs are great. And they're so in the moment. Yeah, clearly. Like, they don't trip if you're late. Mm -hmm. As long as you come home, they're like, I'm so happy they're to so see happy you. They're so happy to see you. They're not going to toot their little tail up at you and, like, walk away when you walk in the door. Yeah. They're still going to be happy to see you. Exactly. Yeah. So who are you? I am Cortland. I am a choreographer, creative director guy. I am fun. I am boring. <laughs> I am loud. I am quiet. <laughs> um, I'm the baby of five boys. Yeah. That's who I am. I don't know if that was a good explanation. That's the perfect explanation. <laughs> How would your best friend describe you? My best friend would say that I'm very selfless. I am very honest. I am a great cook. Ooh, what do you cook? Everything. 
I'm really good at soul food and I'm really good at like baking cakes. Like I'm really good. Like I'm always cooking for people. Um, I love cooking. What technically counts as soul food? Like cornbread, big macaroni and cheese, really good fried chicken. Now I want to go home and fry some chicken. Um, is there an official list or is it just what's known as? I feel like the that's general... it's just the things that are known. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, because like, because like, like I I cook what I call Brazilian food, and it's just rice, beans, chicken, potatoes, some diced bell peppers and onions, and but it's it. the way you cook it that makes it. Yeah, Brazilian. or the fact that I'm Brazilian, so I guess no matter what or I that. cook is Brazilian food. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! When I was on a flight back from um, South America, there were these uh, plantains. Oh my God! Just lisp with these damn gold teeth in my mouth. Um, there were these plantains. And then the outside of them were kind of like purple. Like they were cooked that way? Or? Yeah, they were really good. Okay, maybe it's a Colombian thing. I'm going to find the recipe. That sounds nice. I haven't had plantains in a minute. Oh, my God. It, it, I think it's a Colombian thing because we were leaving Colombia. But like, oh, my God. Okay, anyway, side note. I was hoping that you knew what that was. But yeah. I've never had the purple plantains. <laughs> <laughs> what if they were in plantains? <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the purple conspiracy. The purple conspiracy. How'd you get into dance? Um, I feel like dance got into me. Mm. Ever since I was a child, like four, I could never stop. Like I didn't train like my parents didn't send me to dance because like we couldn't afford it. But um, I just never could stop it. And I was always known to be, oh, you could dance or... Come over here and show them that dance. Oh, come over here. And I was always extremely shy. But I was always known to know how to dance. So even when I was in school. You had it every, in you. Yeah. Everywhere I went, I started a dance team. Whether it was church, whether it was school. Um, towards the end of school, um, I found like a, like a dance studio that was near where I lived. Uh-huh. One second. Yanni, can you take the ball from him? He's making so much noise with that. <laughs> no, just, let's just take the ball. Sorry, everybody. The, my dog is, has a tennis ball underneath us. And... <laughs> Brazzy, leave the tennis ball. Leave it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's going to shut it down in here, okay? He's going to be like, no, 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 no. Okay, so let's, let's take it back. So you were young. Dance was in you. Mm -hmm. your, your family could see it. Yes, everybody could see it. And um, eventually... I just started starting dance teams everywhere. So where where did you grow up? I grew up in Miami. Okay, three hundred five. Yeah. Yep, three hundred five down, Carroll City, Opalaka. <laughs> what you know about Miami? I know a little something. something. I played I played a, a, a Grand Theft Auto Vice City a lot. Oh my god, <laughs> that's how I learned about the city. <laughs> oh my god, but that's where it started. Starting dance teams everywhere, school, church. Um, when I was like at the end of high school, I found like a studio in my like neighborhood who um, gave me like a free dance scholarship to dance there. So I danced there for like a year and a half, two years, maybe like a year and a half. And I was able to train in different styles and whatnot. And then I became an adult. So it was like time to like really like figure out life. So um, yeah, I just kept going from there. I moved to Atlanta. Um, and then ran into like this uh, this girl who was doing this dance showcase called Vibe Showcase. No, it was called Mad Expressions at the times. And um, 
she asked me to do it, and that just opened up the door for me because that became my new outlet to express myself. I used to start dancing in school and stuff, so now it's like, okay, I'm grown. This was now my outlet to grow and to, um, to create and to put dance on bodies and stuff like that. But when did it become like a profession, right? Because everybody can have like their passions and their hobbies, but at what point did it become like, no, I can really make money with this. I can be like a, a working dancer, choreographer. I feel like it started when social <clears throat> media became a thing and I started like, I started, <laughs> I cannot talk. I'm about to take these shits out of my mouth. Um, I started making like concept videos and like dance visuals and stuff like that. Um, and that started bringing in people who want me to choreograph for them. It just happened really organically. I didn't get signed or anything like that. It just started happening. You just put out your own art. Yep. And that's how everybody found me. That's how everybody started like, everybody started seeing my growth. So I went from choreographing for the dance showcases to express myself to now social media is here, now creating dance video videos and stuff like that to now express myself. So I was always looking for a way to like express myself through dance. Yeah. Because um, I didn't go the formal route or have the formal resources. So um, after that, the dance videos, I promise you that's where everything happened. That's how everything happened. Do you remember the first gig you got? <clears throat> Probably some not nice Miami artists. <laughs> um, the first gig I got that I got paid for. Oh, How's your family feel when that happened? Like, were they were they pushing for you to be a, a professional choreographer, or were they saying like, "Yo, when are you gonna get a real job?" I like, love my family, but that's what it was. A lot. It was like they did not understand. So like. There were so many things that I went through that I didn't tell my family. Like when I was homeless in LA, like I didn't tell them. I wouldn't dare tell them because you don't want them to like shit on the dreams. Yeah. So I just would keep. I went through a lot of stuff on my own. Like I didn't tell anybody. Like I was like I remember when I first moved to LA. At some point before I moved back home, I was like sleeping in like a studio apartment with like five people, and like I lived like that for like months. And then I ended up living in like a hostel where I ended up sharing a room with like five people, like sleeping on a bunk bed as an adult. Um, and I didn't tell anybody any, anything that I was going through because I just didn't want any of them to like be concerned or whatever, because it is an extreme circumstance that I allowed to like go on. <laughs> so, um, but, but you knew that you were here for a purpose, mm -hmm. right? And all of that connected me to where I am now. So the person that connected me to start choreographing for Doja Cat two and, like about two and a half years ago. I met her when I was homeless, still trying to take dance classes. Wow. And that just all caught up to me because that was a genuine relationship. And when she saw that I had moved back, to, back home to Miami, she thought I was in Miami. And the first video that Doja, was, like, that Doja shot looking for a choreographer was in Miami. So when she heard her friend looking for a choreographer in Miami, I was one of the first people that came to her brain. Wow. And because of all the dance videos and stuff and the content that I created on social media, when she sent her my profile, I was the choreographer that she liked the most. They had all the top Miami choreographers and all the choreographers down in South Florida that get booked on everything on a piece of paper. They looked at all their profiles, but because of the content that I was putting together, they resonated with me a lot more. So that's how that started. That's beautiful. Everything connected perfectly. 
And isn't that amazing that, you know, you weren't putting it out there, maybe not intentionally to get the jobs, you were expressing yourself, mm -hmm. right? I just and wanted to get better. You were just funding your own art, like filming mm -hmm. it yourself or just hiring local people and just mm -hmm. putting it out there, right? I started by filming, <clears throat> like hiring people, like not hiring people, but trying to collab with different videographers right. and stuff like that. And eventually I just got tired of being at the mercy of other people. Like mm -hmm. there's been dance videos that I've shot and like that I've never seen before. That just didn't get finished. That they didn't, that just, videographer just never, yeah. So after that, I became like, I got into filming my own video, like filming my own dance visuals and doing it my way. And eventually I got better and better <laughs> and better and better. Is that a black magic? That one's a black magic. That's a red camera. Yeah, I just bought a black magic. I have the 6K Cinema Pro. Oh, nice. I haven't been able to shoot That's on it great. yet. That's great. But like, yeah, like I... I oh, so you enjoy the, the filming process I am too. so into it. I'm so into it. So <sighs> after that, that's when things started taking off because I was able to truly express myself and like shoot things in a better light that highlighted what I needed it to be. That's amazing. Yeah. And what a story of perseverance, right? Because, you know, a lot of people aren't willing to have those like bunk bed <laughs> eras of life. You know, I've had times here where I've slept on couches where I didn't even have a bed. You know, when I first moved to LA, I had one month's worth of rent, no job lined up, no mm -hmm. bed, just a camera and a backpack and a car, mm -hmm. you know, and then was just winging it, mm -hmm. you know, but it's like, I knew that <clears throat> it was going to work out eventually and that there was going to have to be a temporary sacrifice. Mm -hmm in order to position myself for it. Mm -hmm. And if I was going to be broke in Chicago, might as well be broke in LA, mm -hmm. where I'm at least closer to stuff I want to do and want to mm -hmm. be, you know? And maybe people, and again, it's not just a judgment call on other people, right? Because I'm just I'm inspired by your story. I think the fact that you have a passion and that you have a purpose, it allows you to persevere through the hard mm -hmm. times. And maybe when we don't have passion or purpose, everything seems super hard and mm -hmm. almost unjustly. Mm -hmm. Like, why is it shitty? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But when you know it's like, no, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, oh, we can take it. Yeah. Maybe hard, but we can take it because yeah. we know it's going to come because it's inside of us. It, it's like a real feeling. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like it's something that you can't live without. I can't live without being able to create or moving my, you know, and moving and like being able to bring visions to life. So it's like, that's my lifeline. Everything else, whatever, you know what I mean? Like having the comfort of my own home is great, but I'd rather create more than live comfortably. You know what I mean? So even yes. in those times, like I'm sleeping on a bunk bed <laughs> and like sharing a house with like living in a house where there's like 20 people living there. Like, but I'm on the couch editing a video that I just shot <laughs> in the subway station. Um, but it feels good. Mm -hmm. It's like we have to create. Yes. And like, it's just really full circle because it's just like even some of the dancers that I just booked for Coachella are dancers that rode for me in that era when I had nothing. And it's not intentional. It's just how the world just revolves. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I have people that I'm working with now that were supporting me when I had nothing or when I didn't have a name and when I was like homeless out here without anybody really knowing who I was but they respected and trusted my work that they was down to like be a dancer in one of my dance videos and stuff and so it's like now on the other side of things it's just like 
That's now, beautiful. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't reflect on it a lot, but... Having it come full circle. It's super, yeah, super cool. And it also feels nice to be able to... Well, A, it feels good when you know that people have your back. Mm -hmm. I think it feels even more awesome when I feel like I'm able to have somebody else's back. Mm -hmm. And we're not always in a position to do that. Sometimes we've got to handle our own shit, mm -hmm. you know? But I was actually just talking with my friends a couple of days ago that I feel that now I'm in the best position I've ever been in to do good by my people, mm -hmm. to, to return the favors, so to speak, you know, and to help make sure that everybody is winning. Because that's what it is, man. It's like... That's what it's about. Everybody I, can win. Yeah. You know, I, I grew up in a family of dancers, actually. Wow. My mom, my dad, my biological father, and my stepfather were all professional ballet dancers and choreographers so like i we didn't have money but we were artistically the family that was very passionate you know so like bro i grew up around this i grew up like on stage and and hanging out with the lighting guys and seeing how everything works like it just feels right to me like when i go to a, a concert i'm always looking at the people around working the thing like i just feel <laughs> you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it just i love that feeling of like putting on a show yeah it's home for you creating an experience for people mm -hmm. you know and they come and then you're like and show begins mm -hmm. oh that feeling <laughs> you know that feeling at a concert when um when everybody's like in their seats and they're waiting for the show to start mm. and then the lights go down and everybody mm. goes like, ah! That is the best feeling ever <laughs> to watch those. I just I just watched it this weekend. Right after the changeover happens, it's like when the, when the stage is set and it's just like, oh. It's like this calm that takes over everything and everybody just goes crazy. That's the best feeling Yo, ever. Yo, I got crazy goosebumps. That that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that feeling. Oh my gosh. Dude, I sometimes I watch like... um. Like grainy YouTube videos that people shot on their iPhones of them at a concert, like low quality, but it's from the audience mm -hmm. to see the intros of concerts. Mm -hmm. That's like a, a thing I have. Like I love seeing like the opening to a lot of Kanye concerts and Jay concerts where it's just like that moment where after the opening act, everybody's chilling, the house lights are on, and then when they go, toosh, and that first note, and there's something beautiful about that choosing mm -hmm. the first note of a show. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even like a stand-up comedian, there has to be the first word. How are you going to open the show? Uttered out. Yep. Something to that. Yep. You know, or like when Michael Jackson used to just come out and just stand. Oh my gosh. Budapest, Bu Bu Bucharest, Bucharest, Bucharest. The most amazing concert ever. Where he just holds. The best concert ever. The standard. And it's like, why is that so powerful when Michael Jackson holds that? Toosh, and why are we cheering so hard for a person that's basically doing Just nothing? There. But be, it's because they're, they're like holding that space mm -hmm. of greatness. It's a presence. It's a presence. It's presence. It's so presence. You have to be sure when you're standing there. Yeah. You have to be sure. You just you can't give a fuck if they're going to get silent or if they're going to, you know, scream to the top of their lungs. You have to be sure of yourself to know that, no, I'm going to fucking stand here. And if I'm going to stand here, bitch, I'm going to own it. Yeah. And I think that's what it was that was so powerful about Michael Jackson. It's just like, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to own it. They're going to feel it. So yeah. that's like one of my faves. I love, um, you know, whenever I go home to visit my family, what we do is we, uh, we watch like movies or things together. And then we sit around the kitchen and talk about it. Mm -hmm. We kind of have been doing reactions 
like you know how YouTube is reaction videos. Yeah. My family's been on that, but just that's just <laughs> how we are. Like we'll watch like a musical or a movie, then we'll sit around and we'll talk about. It. Remember that one scene and when this happened because we all notice those details, right? Like like there's some comedians that like the joke is the silence sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, like well they're, they're setting up a story and then they'll go like, that's when I laugh. When they say nothing. That's when I laugh. It's the face in between. Yes. Like, yeah. That's that's the funny stuff to me. Do you uh, watch a lot of stand-up comedians? No. I actually do not find a lot of stand-up comedians funny. I just started going to like the Laugh Factory. That's a good place. Um, and checking it out. But Comedy Store uh, might hit a little better for you. Yeah? And the improv. Okay. I'm a big connoisseur of the comedy scene. Um, LA's got a real special vibe because... I don't know if you're familiar with how they build out their concerts, but like, you know, like an artist, when they release an album, they do the album first and then they tour it, mm -hmm. right? New album, then you go on tour. American leg, European leg, whatever the fuck, mm -hmm. right? A comedian is the opposite. You tour it first, album at the end. By the time you see it, it's done. They don't tour it anymore, right? So before you see it on Netflix, they're taking it on big theaters. Before they're in big theaters, they're in clubs. And before they're in clubs, they're here in L.A., at the Laugh Factory, at the Comedy Store, at the Improv, and at Supernova, practicing, running their right. new jokes, you know? So sometimes wow. for like 25 bucks on a Tuesday, you can go see like five headliners. It'll be like Bill Burr, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, Joe Rogan, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, all for like 20 minutes each, just like practicing. Brazzy, it's okay, buddy. It's okay. Leave it, buddy. It's okay. Hey. I know, I know, right? <laughs> He's so vocal. Brazzy. Oh, somebody out in the hallway. He's so vocal. My Most dog. dogs are like that, though. Yeah, right? Like, just... if they hear someone in the hallway, like, yeah, they'll, yeah. They're like, I hear something. Oh, hey, guys. They can feel something. it from, like, way downstairs. <laughs> right. It's so crazy. They have, like, this long term. All of my dogs are <laughs> over like that. Um, what would I, was I just talking about? You were talking about that, um... That they tour the choreography. Oh, comedians. Choreography. Oh, Comedian. what I love about it. Yeah. Okay, the comedy scene here in LA is you get to see them work on their next special. Like a year before whoever's next special comes out on Netflix, you get to see them work on the jokes here in LA before they go on tour. Mm. And you think about it with music artists, it's always you see the finished product. Very rarely do you see the rough drafts. I mean, Kanye's doing that now with Donda, where he's releasing like versions of songs and making them better with each release. Mm. But usually with music, we see the end result. With comedy, at least live, you get to see the war the draft. So sometimes I'll go like two weeks in a row and see the same comedian tweak the joke. I'm like, oh, that that tagline was different. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's nice. Wow, I think I noticed that because I saw Dane Cook twice, and like it was within a month's time, and like. I watched him say some of the same jokes, but like kind of like say them, like word them differently and then go and segue into other things. Wow. Interesting. You learn something new every day. Right? Different creative processes. <clears throat> How do you choreograph? Like when you're setting up like, like let's just be recent then. The, the work you did on Coachella, what was that process like? And first of all, you're doing her tour too, right? Yeah. Okay. So what's your, first of all, what's your official role on the tour? Her head choreographer. Okay. Yeah. And did you, what was the choreography process like? Um, for me, I'm like super organic. Um, it just comes different ways. Sometimes I think about what I want her doing for a specific moment. And that comes to my head first when listening to whatever um, the song is. 
Sometimes I come up with the choreography first and then create her movement after. Um, it really just depends. Most of the times it's me just walking into the studio with like one or two ideas in my head and telling my dancers like, come on, catch this. I'm like, everything you see me do, catch it. And I will go back and forth with it, tweak it, fine tune it. Um, but that's normally my new process of creating is telling my dancers to come on and then I just let my body do what it does and they catch the grooves and then I just, it's, it's, it's a really cool thing. I love that. But that's been my process as of late. It's just letting God use me and just move me and I just move. So you come into the studio and you know the songs that you have to create to mm -hmm. and you may have a couple like almost like seeds of the idea. Mm -hmm. And then you get in there before Doja's there, mm -hmm. and it's just you and the dancers. I always start with my dancers first. So by the time I start with Doja, I already know what the choreography is, and I've taught them the choreography, but I've also moved into, okay, this is what I want her to do. And so, that always comes last? What, what? What I want her to do? Yeah. Sometimes it comes first, and then sometimes I choreograph around that moment. But when, I, when, I, when it's things that I want to see her do, it's like little small things like, for a while, for rules, I saw her getting on her knees and then like grinding and like on the ground. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I knew I wanted that moment. Or um, Grammys, I knew I wanted her to fall to like fall to the ground like at the climax for this one part. Go to the ground and then like peel back and do day and night. I knew I wanted her to crawl up and, um, and and have to crawl up. I saw that with my head. So it's like, okay, now I have to choreograph around that. So it just sometimes it comes different, but it always starts that that way with the dancers. Like, it feels like almost like um, it's like we're putting together a puzzle, mm -hmm. and you can't always control which piece you get first. And I never try. Somet That's the thing. Right. It's like sometimes I get the ending idea first. Sometimes the middle. It's just whichever one feels right. You're like, okay, well, this part feels right. Let's mm -hmm. build it around that. And sometimes I've marinated on the song so much that I have everything in my head, but I just haven't done it. Or sometimes I've done it and I just have it, but I don't try to control it. Sometimes I come into rehearsal and I'm like, okay, I want to work on this song today. And I'll start and I'll be like, no, this don't feel right today. We'll work on it tomorrow. Let's work on something else. Mm. It's just, I just let it go. I just let it flow. Why do you think that is? Why do you think in the creative fields, it's sometimes counterproductive to have structure? Um, because you now you get attached to that structure and you don't, you don't allow yourself to be open to different ways of doing things. I think when you add too much structure, it becomes a machine and that's how you get burnt out and that's how you get like writer's block and like like choreographer's block because like you're trying to control it, you know. You're telling yourself that this is how you do it and you don't even know that you can do it another way mm. and maybe that next way can actually be more beneficial to you. Yes. So I think that that's why it's important to just leave it open and just let it let it be what it be. Yes. Multiple people have asked me that question before. Like, what's your process? Like, how do you stay inspired? Like, you're doing so much, and how do you keep going? Like, I'm like, because I'm not trying to control it. And I said, I, I can't even answer. <laughs> I can't even answer your question because I don't want to know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to know how I do it. I just want to do it. Um, and uh, one thing I'm very big on is, like, even, like, I have choreographer assistants and stuff like that, but I'm very big on for the most part, not like, it sounds bad, but not really, not allowing people to choreograph for me. Um, I want to challenge myself every project I work. Like I want to challenge myself. Like I want to see 
how far I can tra challenge myself and how much I can open up another portal in my brain. I think having someone else come up with a step for me because it's taking a little longer to pull the step out of my head is doing a disservice to myself and my creativity. Yeah. So um, I've, I've just been just trying to just be organic and let it flow. Um, I know this past gig that I just did with City Girls, my assistant, she had no choice but to choreograph some things because... Sometimes schedules just work out that, that way. That schedule just wasn't working. <laughs> and so she was just like, well, I just got the girls doing this in the back in the meantime. And I'm just like, hey, let's go. Go for it. You know? But for the most part, I'm always trying to challenge myself and my thought process. And I'm always open. What are you most proud of? Overall or? However you want to answer that. Oh, shit. I don't like that. Oh, damn it. What's, what, I like limitations. Let, let's, <laughs> let's take away the word most. What, what's one thing that you're really proud of? Um, I'm proud of myself. I think um, I've had every possible uh, obstacle come against me in the last five years. <laughs> and um, I think I've done a really good job at keeping my head above water and not letting what I go through affect other people. Like in the last year and a half, like I've been through hell. Like I've, even though it's been the height of my career, like so far, I've went through so much shit personally that would have shifted so many people's energy and trajectory. And I literally stayed so calm and so just like, just so good. I gave people mm. my best at my fucking worst. Worst. Was it? I see the list from the from the teeth. But um, like relationship stuff or just, just everything, everything, everything you can possibly think of. When it rains, so it pours. It like. poured like a motherfucker. And um, I never changed how I treated people. I never wavered. I kept creating. I kept going. So I'm most proud of myself because I, I really did a lot of stuff that most people would have crumbled. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's that. It really is beautiful. Like I love stories like this. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I've never, um, never met you before. We've never spoken before, so I really was taking this opportunity just to, just to hang and just kind of get to know you, man. See a, a, another positive person creating, bringing joy to the world. I appreciate that. You know, I really appreciate that. I feel like if more, and again, I hate saying more people, people just. Like I'm shitting on other people randomly. But like I think if if we found more of our purpose, we would have less things to fight about. Yes. Yes, I agree. I think that I'm like a big advocate for that, for people to just to like figure out what it is that they want to do and what makes them happy and like figuring out their lane and looking at people, other people less. Um, I was just talking to my friend about this this morning, which is crazy because like, I was like, I hate when people are intimidated by me. I hate when people compare themselves to me. I hate when people look at me and think, oh, I want that. You know what I mean? It's just like, no, you want what is meant for you. You want what is supposed to happen to you. Yeah. And I've had that mentality for a very long time. And I just think it's very important to have that mentality of understanding that what's for you is for you and never try to do what the next person's doing. One person's strength is not your weakness. And I think there's a lot of people definitely in this generation of social media who think that 
just because one person wins, that means that there's a smaller chance of them winning. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like a it's a scarcity mindset that we can it can take a hold of our minds, you know, of feeling like there's only so much opportunity. When in reality, so many of the jobs that we do today didn't even exist 10, 15 years mm-hmm. ago. Like social media manager wasn't a job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like before people had Instagram pages, you couldn't make money on brand deals as a dancer unless you were like with Nike or something, you know? Exactly. Like there's dancers now that we've never heard of that are making six figures just on Instagram, you know? Yeah. It's like th- there's a lot more um, a lot more opportunity now for us to create. A lot more money. I mean, there's so much more artists out there and so much more uh, brands out there. You know what I mean? I wish people would not box themselves in just because of what they think they want. And I think that was something that I did earlier on was like thinking that I wanted something so specific or a specific artist. And it's like, that was not for me. Why are you sad? That's not for you. That's for them. Let them have their moment and you keep working and eventually it will catch up. Yeah. And it caught up. If it can catch up to me with my unsigned ass, like I don't have no agent. I have not done things formally. Like I've been minding my business. I'm not mixing and mingling. Like I mind my business and everything finds me. Um, And I just feel like that should be such a testament to everyone. Like just do your shit. Get in tune with yourself. I really watch things that are like that other people are doing because I don't want to be influenced. I want to dig deeper in my brain and figure out what do you want to do? What do you want to move like? Mm. What's a movement that you could do? Like, what are you doing? You know, because there's room for that's that's important to clear the plate. Mm -hmm. I heard that like Spielberg doesn't watch movies when he's making a movie. You shouldn't. You should not. It'll taint. It's good to get inspired when you're not creating. Mm -hmm. But then at some point, you have to shut it off and tap into your own. Watch it once. Turn it off. Mm. Watch it once. Don't watch it again. All these new music videos that come out with new choreography and stuff like that, with new artists, I don't watch it more than once. I watch it one time. That was cute. Great job. I'm not watching it again. I'm not studying it. I'm not obsessing over it. I'm not sharing it a bunch of times. Like, that was cute. That's it. What do you watch? Like, what do you consume? Right now, I am binge watching Scandal again. <laughs> <laughs> again? Oh, so you do watch some things twice? <laughs> I, I I read because I'm not a movie maker. I'm not uh, a, a show. You okay, know, okay. I love Scandal. Like I love, uh, yeah. But I and I watch like older performances, like old like TLC, Aaliyah, uh, Janet Jackson, of course, Michael Jackson, like old like older performances and concerts, because that to me is like still the standard. Yeah. Why do you think the standard was um, higher back then? For so many reasons. I think, uh, A, black people had so much to prove. (laughs) Specifically speaking for them, they had so much to prove. So it's like, if we're just getting in the door and they're just letting us in in a part of this conversation, we're going to work 10 times as hard. That's that's just the mentality that they had. Yeah. Yeah. So... Not to say that this is what it was, but if a couple people are moving in excellence and moving and working hard and putting on productions like that, everyone's going to have to keep up. So that's why the bar was set so high, because there were people in the industry that worked their ass off and really understood what was in front of them. And 
just wanted to be great and make as big of an impact as they could. So, do you think a great art needs adversity? Like, do you think without them having to have so much to prove, would like Michael Jackson's music be as great if his life was easier? I think adversity is needed because I do think that without adversity, people get comfortable, unfortunately, for the most part. Not everyone, but most people will, you know, Michael Jackson grew up extremely poor, too. So he's wired. He was wired a certain way. Him and Janet, they were they were wired to be workaholics because they started in extreme poverty and they didn't want to go back to it. So, Do you think you would be as creative if it wasn't for your adversity, or do you think you'd be as successful if it wasn't for your adversity? Because on one hand, it was always in you artistically, mm -hmm. but do you think that going through the financial struggles, I went through very similar struggles, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think that those struggles helped you become who you are today? Yes. In so many, so many ways, but absolutely, creatively, personality-wise, definitely. I think one of the biggest things that it's made me is like super calm when it comes to like when things are not going right. <laughs> I know how to like just stay calm when people are mostly like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I'm just like, like I, I tell this story all the time, like earlier this year or last year, one of my friends came over and... I had like paint up in the storage. And so I was grabbing my air mattress from up in the, like the storage thingy over the refrigerator so she can sleep on it. And um, when I pulled it down, a big pail of yellow paint came, fell straight to the floor, bust open, splattered all over my counters, my stove, my, the floor. It was a big, a lot of paint, yeah, thick paint. And um, she's literally like, do you need? I'm just like, <laughs> I calmly just went and got something to get it up. Like, so calm, just gathering the paint. Like, I didn't flinch. I didn't say, whoa, like, none of that. I just like, mm. so I just think all of the adversity has made me a very calm person. Like, nothing is too crazy for me. I handle everything with grace because it's just like, ah, uh, it's okay. I feel that. <laughs> I really do. I remember when the pandemic first started and everybody was like in survival mode and emergency mode. I was like, oh, this feels pretty normal to me. I know how to handle this. Like, I'm going to the park tomorrow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, you guys feel like everything might be coming down? Yeah. Great. I had that feeling for years. I was like, okay, I'm running out of money. I said, all right, whatever, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. It's just going to be what it is. Like, I just was chilling. And yeah. then little did we know, Doja became the queen of quarantine and we just was working the entire <laughs> What was it like when you first met Doja? It was really cool. Um, what, was, what was that moment? It was for the Like That video. That video came out after, like way after we shot it. But um, I, it was like one day before the video shoot. She was really cool. She's still cool. Um, what was the situation? Rehearsal. You got, you got, okay, so the first time you met her was at rehearsal. Was like, at rehearsal. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm choreographing for you today. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know. I just feel like that time, like, yeah, we danced, but we really, it was really us getting to know each other. It was me asking her a lot of questions. I think she wasn't used to that. Like, 
asking her what she wants and like, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? Like, what were you thinking? Because what happened was I got hired through the production company. So the director was telling me what he wanted. Little did I know that was not what she wanted. Mm. So when I asked her what she wanted, it was a completely different like thing. And I'm just like, it's a good thing you asked. All you wanted was booty popping and, and, and this little arm situation. It's completely different from what the artists want. Yeah. And they, again, you know, of course, the director tried to convince her, like, oh, you know, like, you know, but I was, no, at this point, it's not about what you want. She's now saying she wants this. Yeah. And so let's figure out how to get her this now, even though it's the day before the video shoot. Yeah. And I think you have to clarify and verify. <laughs> yeah. I think she really appreciated that, that someone actually cared to, like, ask her. You know what I mean? I don't care if she's never used dancers before. She's still an artist, and she deserves to be heard. So, and it's her art. It's she's it's putting herself her fucking out there. Art. But um, you know, she's a really sweet person as well. So it's like she doesn't want to come across. She never wants to come across as as a bitch. You know what I mean? In her words, you know what I mean. She doesn't want to come across as a bitch. So she she needs to be surrounded by people who actually give a fuck what she thinks. And I think that's what made me kind of stick around is like, I like this guy. Like he's he's good, but he actually gives a fuck about what I think and what I want. So what's your um impression of her as a character? Like how um what do you appreciate about Doja? Um, I appreciate the most that she's open to what I think and like she trusts me. Um I think that's what's what's allowed us to grow so much in the last two years. <laughs> We've grown so much, um, I think, because she's open. So it's like when I watch a show and I'm just like, okay. I started giving her a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit. And like eventually I just started seeing how far I could stretch her. And she just kept going with me. She just kept allowing me to stretch her and just being open. Like I'll be like, it'll be some crazy shit. I'll be like, okay, you can tell me absolutely fucking not. But, uh, you know, I want you to you know, go down to your knees in front of the guitars and I want you to like do a like quick back, like a fast back bend and I want you to rap backwards. Like she'll be like, we can try it. And she'll try it and she'll deliver and we'll love it. Oh, for Coachella, um, you know, I, I want you to rap in a scorpion. I'll try it. <laughs> so I think that's what I appreciate about appreciate about her the most is just being open and trying new things. That's awesome. Yeah. Did she have formal dance training before? She was like a, a freestyle, like a locker. Really? Yeah. Get out like of a, here. She used to like potluck for a little while. And I think when she was younger, she used to do like, um, she did like ballet and stuff like that when she was younger, younger. But um, I think a lot of people, they love to like be like, yeah, but she's a dancer, dancer. And it's just like, no, baby, she worked hard because she was not a dancer, dancer. Mm. When I first met but her. But now they think she is. Yeah. So because also now props to you and you she's training been open. Her. Mm. You get what I mean? Like, it's a completely, it's a different thing. She's been open. And that's why she's gotten so good, because she's been open and she's been open to trying these new things. And now she's starting to look like a dancer because she just throws herself at it. So I think people need to stop saying that. Like, no, she's not a dancer. She's not a, a Maya. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's not a, I'm not going to say any more names. But it's a compliment, though, if they think that. If they think it she's is, a dancer, but no, dancer. she's a hard worker. Yeah, she's a hard worker. She's a performer. It's almost like they're trying to take it away from her. Yes, like, like okay, oh, she's it. a dancer. No, she just is open. She throws herself at the task. She's a performer. Like, it's so easy to just throw it at her and just be like, oh, she's a dancer. No, she's not. 
just like Janet Jackson, she wasn't a dancer. Yeah, Liam Neeson's not a fighter. You know what I yeah, mean? But he like, performed. <laughs> give, them, give them the credit that they that they deserve yeah. for trying and being open and delivering. Mm. And in not a lot of time. Mm. You know? Um, yeah. That's one thing that gets on my nerves when they say that. I'm just like, no, she worked for it. How did um, your family feel when you got hired to choreograph Doja's tour? Um... Was I, there a big moment where you were like, I made it? Ha-ha! The big moment was, because I feel like when I first started with Doja, it, didn't, it still didn't register for them. Because she was still f- kind of fresh. Okay. You know, like she was still kind of fresh. We still hadn't gotten to those iconic moments just yet. I feel like when we did Jimmy Fallon, which is my first like televised live performance with her, they kind of was like, they got a little shook. And then when we did the VMAs, that was when my family, like, that's when it clicked for them. Like, that's when they were just all so proud. Like, every time I watch the video of them, like, watching it with me, like, I, I cry. Aww. But that was the moment that they all were, like, so shook and so proud. And, like, that was the big moment for me where it was just, like, I did it. That was the moment where we, like, the moment that you dream of, like, since you were a kid. And it's, like, when you make it and, like, you're finally able to, like, have that big moment with your family and they see your fucking work, like, that was that moment. VMAs 2020. That's amazing. Yeah, that was that moment for sure. Those moments really do exist. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it was happening when it was happening, but it was like, in that moment, it was just like, oh, this is that moment. And you were watching it with them, with mm-hmm. your family, at home? Yep. Because was it like pre-taped we or something? We pre-taped it. Okay. And then I had time to go back and watch it. Like, they were doing a big VMA party here in LA, but I'm just like, I love you guys. I said, but... I'm going to go be with my family. Like, I want to watch this with my family. I have to watch this with my family. Yeah. Wow. So cool. I'm going to go relive that when I get home. (laughs) That's an amazing moment. Did you ever post that? Did you ever share that? Mm -hmm. It's on my social media. Like, us literally watching the performance together. We need to to pull that. We should uh, make a note to the editor to to show that on here. (laughs) What's... um, a message you would like to give to your younger self? Let's see, you're like 17, 18-year-old self mm-hmm. who's just dreaming of all the possibilities. What message would you give him now? That it's going to be okay and that you're enough. Because I think a lot of people, when they see greatness in you, even if that greatness isn't like fully developed, there's a lot of people who will try to quickly make you feel as if you're not great so that you don't make it to that fullest potential. So it's just very important to be sure of yourself. So I would have told myself, like, just be sure. Stay sure. Just go. It's going to be okay. Everything that you're going through is for a reason. Just go, 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 go. Yeah. And stay away from these little boys because (laughs) they ain't going to help. Just go to work. Just work. (laughs) (laughs) Got to stay focused. Got to stay focused. But everything happens for a reason. It does. Are you a religious man okay i grew up religious and i feel like most like when you grow up like you like stare away from the church but i talk to god every day but i don't go to like church anymore really yeah when you talk to god what are your conversations like um just being grateful for the most part i very rarely ask for anything even when i'm going through things i very rarely ask for anything because i understand that Everything that happens, happens for a reason, and it's a part of God's plan. And 
even if it's something bad happening, it's either part of the plan to make me stronger or I did something that I need to pay for. I know that sounds kind of like horrible, but it's consequential. Everything has a consequence. So it's always just being grateful. Even in my worst, like in my worst, I thank God like so hard because even in my worst, it could be worse. Mm -hmm. And I think that in those times, it's very important to still thank God, like, because it could have been worse. You know what I mean? Like, I know I'm going through this now, but thank you for allowing me to still have this. I know yeah. I'm going through this now, but thank you. Thank you for allowing me to have the resources to handle it. You know what I mean? I know I'm going through this, but thank you for at least being able to to breathe, to see. Like, this could have ended so much worse. So Yes. Gratitude is a powerful emotion. Mm-hmm. It's the antidote to most negative emotions, mm-hmm. right? You can't be grateful and stressed at the same time. Mm-hmm. You, you can't know? be grateful and mean. And it has to be a practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I can get caught into the loop of forgetting to be grateful just mm-hmm. because I know, oh, yeah, I should be grateful. And I said this before on, on a couple different podcasts, but I'm going to keep saying because it's so important. I have to do gratitude. Mm. Like you can know about a push-up or you can go do a push-up. Mm-hmm. Knowing about the gym doesn't mean shit mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're not in if there. If you're not in there. Doing it. You know, knowing about swimming is the same as being in the ocean, you know, right. and it's like gratitude has to be practiced. Mm-hmm. What's your practice like? Like like for me, um, when I do remember to do it is I, I touch my heart and, um, and I, I, I do a full breath for each thing. Right, like if I say like I'm grateful like for my dog, you know, and I, I would imagine him and I'm like, and I feel it and I exhale and I just try to basically slow myself down into like feeling it. Cause sometimes I'm like, gotta do stuff, gotta do stuff, gotta accomplish, gotta do stuff, I'm not doing enough, ah! <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know I should be grateful. I know I should be grateful. But it's like, mm, that's not being grateful. Being grateful is like actually feeling mm-hmm. it. Like right here, right now. Um, and sometimes I write stuff down. What about you? I slow down and, and just stop. Um, one of the things I do a lot is like, cause like from my apartment, like you see the Hollywood sign, like right there from like my door entrance, like it's right there. Like when you walk out my door, you see the Hollywood sign. When I'm going home, you see the Hollywood sign. So I think I get so caught up in like walking really fast to get downstairs to the elevator, walking really fast to get back in my door, walking really fast to get... And so I've been like programming myself to like stop. Like when I get off the elevator to slow down, look around, take it in and just be thankful. That's something I've been doing a lot lately is just stopping and just wait. You used to walk these same streets when you didn't have anywhere to go at night <laughs> and literally walk back and forth until the sun came up. You know what I mean? Like stop. Look! Look at look at where you are now. You're you're okay. You're doing great. Stop, stop moving so fast. And so that's what I do. Like when I I just stop, cause we just power walk so much. Gotta get out the door. Gotta get. What are you power walking for? Your day's over. Yeah. Your day's over. You're going to your house to go to sleep. Your day's over. Slow down. And life is now. Mm-hmm. Life is never not now. Mm-hmm. Last night I went to um, a speakeasy, like jazz club, beautiful music. It really affected me in a powerful way. You know, um, I felt like I just needed a release. 
Mm. And I went there, and just the way this guy was playing with the trumpet and the piano and this girl was singing the guitar, it was this whole thing. And I was just like, you know what I mean? It was just um, a very present moment, a very beautiful moment. Live music does that. I, I, please send me that place. I would love to try it out. I'll invite you there. Yeah. It's um every Mondays and Thursdays. It's called the Black uh Black Rabbit Rose. Okay. Speakeasy in Hollywood. Amazing. When I say am- amazing musicians, like Grammy winning musicians, they are just they are just I think you fit like maybe a hundred people there. Mm. Small place, intimate place. Just fantastic music, great vibes. Mm. There hasn't been a single time I've been there that I've not made a new friend. Wow. Yeah, You're welcome. Next time I got. Uh, Please, I'll invite go. you. It, it's it, there's something about that. So I also like watching live comedy too. I got. I think you need to have a better comedy experience in LA. Oh my gosh, it's just comedy just doesn't do it for me. Maybe you haven't heard the right guy. Maybe it's like comedy for you is like pizza for me. If you know? Dave Cook can only make well, Dane me, Cook is like Dane Cook. He's he's the he's the closest to funny that I've seen. Really, and there's people that are. Eons about because that's my type of funny. Even in that category, funny. I love dark humor. I love, I love, I love the. You would love Tom Segura, Chris. There's a bunch of people I got to put you on. If you like Dan Cook, oh, he's so funny. Like I love when he's like in the like when he's talking to people in the audience. Like (laughs) he's like so he'll ask someone a question and like they'll answer. He's like, yeah, of course you do. You fucking piece of shit. Like. (laughs) It's like he's just such he's so dark and I just love it. <laughs> oh, I already know who you like now. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna put you on to some things. I, I love dark humor. <laughs> dark humor is my favorite. It makes me laugh so hard. Oh, then you would love uh Tom Segura. What does he put like what does he do shows? Dark humor. Where is he? He's everywhere. He's got Netflix specials, he's touring all over the world. He's like a big um but very dark. Mm-hmm. What you just described, he's the one currently killing it. At the high level on that and that brand of comedy. Yeah, Dane Cook totally told a guy that he would screw his wife. And I think that's that was sitting in the audience. Well, that's part of the art, right? The part of the art of, of comedy is to break the rules. It's mm-hmm. to give temporary permission. To say whatever you want. And yeah. to explore what that means. Like when it's funny because laughing is involuntary, right? Mm-hmm. Like even if somebody doesn't want to laugh, but you say something funny, even if they hate you, they'll laugh. Yeah, you can't help it. And it hits, and then it like maybe affects people in the audience. Like, why did I laugh at that inappropriate joke? What does that say about me? Right, it says <laughs> that you get your dark person. Yeah, I like it. What do you do with your dark energy? Oh gosh, what dark energy? I don't have dark energy. Well, everybody has a shadow side, right? Oh my god, but no, my humor, my humor is always dark. I mean, if you're around me all the time, I talk shit all the time. Yeah, I enjoy it. Like. I'm always talking shit, like, but it's in a funny way. It's never malicious, but it's like I'm always talking shit to someone. Like, I'm like, oh, I, I love your jacket. It's like, who the fuck do you think you are, like Michael Jackson or something? Like, I'm just like, that's that's my type of humor. Like, it's always like, the most. Sassy. I'll give you the compliment, but I'm gonna insult you. <laughs> but I'm gonna hope that you insult me back. So oh, it's like telling somebody they have a great face for radio. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's something I would say. Like, oh, you're a model? Oh, like a hand model? <laughs> <laughs> that's me. Like, my humor's hella dark, but I like I like to get it back. Yeah. So it's like... It's a nice energy exchange. Yeah. It's almost like if somebody's being too nice and they don't fuck with me, I almost don't trust them. Mm-hmm. I almost need a little bit of fuckery. I hate the fake positivity. It drives me crazy. 
That could be toxic too. Oh, I hate it so much with that out here. It is. It's like um almost like virtue signaling, right? Like saying, look how I am. Mm-hmm. I am positive. Or it's like that's not to be real. Yeah. Have you ever met someone that like <laughs> they always have like the most like what is the word? The most uh politically correct answer to something and it's just like <laughs> it's like, bitch, I want to be angry. You know this shit ain't fucking right. Like, cut it out, please, with your, with your fucking correct-ass answer, bitch. <laughs> I hate it. What do you um, think about the whole woke movement and all its parts? The what? Well, politically correctness would fall under, like, wokeness as well, which blends a lot of things that some I agree with, some I don't. I wouldn't say woke. I think politically correct is honestly the opposite of woke. Like, I think woke means, like, you see past everyone's bullshit. You see past everyone's politically correct answers. You see past everyone's fake kindness. That's how you define woke. Yeah, like true woke. True woke. True woke. I think anyone who's woke see past everything. And, like, the culture appropriation, I think I need a napkin for my nose. Uh, Can we get a napkin, please? (laughs) I'm like, I think my nose needs needs a moment. Oh, Ever since I came back from Coachella, like my nose has been like kind of. So I guess I'll finish saying what I say when she comes back. <laughs> Damn. I've been trying to like avoid it for like the last like 15 minutes. It's all good, man. Do what you gotta do. Sorry, I'm about to knock down your uh, your voodoo woman. I'm just kidding. What's that? <laughs> we got that at the pyramids in Mexico. Oh. Where, what part of Mexico? Uh, by Cancun, it's a Chichen Itza. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go to Tulum for vacation. Oof, yeah. Have you we, been? We were just there. Yeah. How was that? Great. Have you been to the Cenotes? No, I've only been to Cabo, and I've only been on the resort in Mexico City as well. That's it. Here's where you got to go when you go to Mexico. There's these things called the Cenotes. It's those caves that have the water with the natural, clear things, and they take you on the tours for you to swim in. How long are the tours? There's more caves than you can see in your entire vacation. Okay. There's like... Many, many, many of them. Some of the most beautiful, natural places to swim. Like, literally, I can't even explain it. You just have to go. Please send me. I would love to go. Send out this. You know, it's like natural, clean water in these caves. Like, you can see right through it. And they keep it preserved. And it's been there for thousands of years. No jellyfish, no sharks. No, nothing. It's just... (laughs) It's just, you're just in nature. It's hard to explain. I want to go. It's just beautiful. Really, really beautiful. I really enjoyed Mexico. How's the tour going with Dojo? Is it done? Uh, Well, we just did South, like a South American run. How Um, was that? Was that your first time in South America? First time in South America. I would say they're very relaxed, but it's a very cool place. I loved Brazil more than anything. Why? The energy of Brazil is just so fucking amazing. I don't even know how to describe it. I did not want to leave. <laughs> I wanted like at least another week just to be able to just soak in the culture. Love Brazil. And yeah, I loved Brazil so much. And even like the shopping is like really good in South America. I bought like six pairs of like new Jordans because they have like so much that you can't find in America. <laughs> um, yeah, Brazil was my favorite. It was my favorite, but I love South America. It was great. Um, and then we came back and we started getting ready for Coachella. And How long was the preparation for Coachella? Um, 
for Coachella, I would say like a total of a month for Coachella. Coachella was like, I think if I'm not mistaken, it was like two weeks before South America. And that was just with the dancers. Preparing the set. Because the, the Coachella set is different than the tour set. Mm, kind well, of, sort tour, of. Tour is not until like July. Okay. June. I gotta check. But um, the the one that we just, the show that we were just doing, it was like only four people. It was a completely different show. So this was our first time doing this show. So we had to build a whole new show. Nice. Um, so yeah, we did two weeks before with No Doja. And then we came back from South America. And then she had like two and a half weeks. Two and wow. a half weeks. That's kind of a tight schedule. Oh, yes. That's a... And we had to work smart. Yeah, I bet. Very smart. Was it like an hour set? Two hour set? Hour. Hour? It felt like two hours. It feels... Yeah, I bet. <laughs> How did it feel seeing your work up at Coachella? The Coachella, the Doja Cat with the Cortlands. Oh, God. It <laughs> felt... Um, I still couldn't process it when we got off because I was like on the side of the stage making sure everything was okay with her and making sure she was good. Um, so I didn't get to watch it from the audience. Mm. So um, it didn't hit me until I started watching videos. And um, I haven't watched the full show yet, like in entirety. Because um, for those watching at home, this just happened two days ago. Yes. So I still, I still haven't processed Coachella. To be completely honest, I haven't processed it. Um, not at all. I haven't processed it. I haven't, so I don't know. Like I'm just grateful because it's just such a full circle moment for me. Yes. And um, I can't believe that I just did Coachella, and not only one, but I did two sets this year. What was the other set? Uh, City Girls. Wow. Which um, went really well too. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, I haven't been able to process neither one. It's beautiful, man. It's grateful. You're in the zone. Yeah. Just like really grateful. I can feel it. You're, you're, you're <laughs> radiating in your own zone. It's it's really beautiful. Yeah, man. So weekend two of Coachella is in a few days. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing again, same production again. Mm -hmm. Do you have less responsibility now on the second weekend? Like, is it just about making sure it goes as planned? Yes. Um, it's probably still going to run the same way. I probably won't be able to watch it from the front. I'll definitely still be on the side of the stage. Um, but I am going to have a lot more fun this time around. I'm very excited to have more fun. I'm going to take more pictures, more videos. Like, I just don't. Like, I don't. I normally don't do those things as much as I should. Like, Me too. I forget I to take photos. I haven't taken one picture with Doja the entire process of Coachella because it's just been so much. I didn't take one picture with City Girls. Like, I'm going to capture Coachella this weekend. Like, I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to drink yes. more. I'm just going to go see more. I'm going to see more sets. I'm going to get there earlier. I'm going to stay later. <laughs> I'm going to have a good time. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing that. What day is uh, Doja set? Sunday. Sunday? Nice. Make sure you get to the stage early so you can get a good spot. Mm -hmm. You're going to appreciate it so much from a visual standpoint. Yeah. Because you're such a, like, a creative from the visual aspect of things. Um, I can appreciate it. It's a very visually stimulating show. I'm excited to see it, man. Yeah, a lot of dynamic. Um, what advice would you give for up-and-coming, struggling artists, people that know they have a, a desire to create something, but it's just not working yet, and they're still in the struggle stage of life? 
what advice would you give to them? Don't force it and trust everything that's happening to you. No matter how bad, no matter what you have to do, if you have to move back home with your mama and get a job and whatever, embrace every fucking thing that happens to you um, and make the best out of every situation. And I know that's like, it sounds so cliche, but it's so true. Mm. Um, and also get in tune with yourself. That Don't study people that are current. Appreciate them, love them, still support me. Um, but <laughs> stay in tune with yourself. You know what I mean? Because just looking at other people, you're only going to continue to get discouraged um, because you're studying their journey so hard and trying to model what you're doing after those people. Um, but just to piggyback back off of trusting the process, it's a cliche thing, but like an example for me was I had to move back with my mom multiple times. Mm. And me embracing that and finding the peace in that was getting me a little job, getting me a little normal life. I uh, would wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning every day, go to the gym, go straight to work afterwards, ride my bike, walk, whichever one to get there. Like, I enjoyed that normalcy. I enjoyed that. I just knew that I was working towards something. So I embraced it. This is where I am now. I'm going to embrace it. Let me build a nice little life right now really quick and work my way up to get up out of here. But until then, this is what it is. Um, and I think that is what got me to this point is by just embracing everything that happened to me. Yeah. I love your energy. Thank you. Your energy is great too. <laughs> I can see why a major artist would want to have you around. You're calming. You have energy. Your core, your work has energy. Thank you. You are calming. I feel it. I feel. I don't know. Just this not rushed feeling for me. Maybe it's just how you're feeling today. Thank you. But my experience of you has been smooth. Thank you. I don't like rushing anything. I mean, I rush if I had a rush to like get something done. Sure. But I just don't believe in rushing things. I don't believe in things being too orthodox at all even when i'm working it's like people ask me too, like just like uh fuck i'll put them on a spot city girls gig there was a lot of um where is this what's this what's this what's from it's like relax <laughs> relax just calm down and that's always my approach to everything relax it's gonna be okay just do what you gotta do so i don't know i think that's kind of just me all the time just being relaxed. This is like, it's okay. Yeah, and we have a choice. Yes. I think sometimes we forget that we can choose to be relaxed or mm -hmm. choose to be stressed, right? Because so many external things can stimulate us. Mm -hmm. This person can yell at us. This thing can happen. A text message, bad news, right? The world can influence and stimulate us, but ultimately we choose how to react. Mm -hmm. Like when that paint dropped in your kitchen, you could have chosen to scream. You know, you could have chosen to do all kinds of things, but mm -hmm. you were like... It seemed to me that it was more important for you to maintain the peace. Embrace it. And then the paint's on the floor. It. Exactly. It's on the floor. It was meant to be. Yes. It's almost like, you know when, you're, when people are digging up old things, like archaeologists, when they dig up tombs or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Or an old, the copy of the independence, whatever. Just old shit. You know what I mean? Old historical stuff. Mm -hmm. The little things, the little cracks and the stains that are on it, they're part of the history. Mm -hmm. Right? Like if you saw like an old Da Vinci 
thing and it had like a little burned edge, you'd be like, oh, I wonder what happened there. I wonder why the little edge got burned, yeah. right? It's part of the art of the, the reality of it. Like, you know, I think embracing what happens, it's like, yeah, well, this was a mark of what happened today. Yep. You have to let it be. You have to let it be. It's there. It's happening. Now you can figure out how you're going to deal with it. Yeah. You still can, you can still make a choice, but you have to deal with it. You have to, it's there. You could whatever is going to keep you calm in the best in the best way. Deal with it, but don't take it out on yourself or others. It's pointless. Yeah. Yeah. It's like um, I forgot what the name of it is. You know the name of that of that martial art, which is you just take their energy where they're like mm-hmm. when they throw a punch at you, and you just use their punch to like. Whatever, it's, it's accepting the energy that's coming. Mm-hmm. It's like almost surrendering to what is and using it as a gift. Yes. Like, oh, I'm stuck in traffic. It's a gift. You know, oh, I got a flat tire. It's a gift. It is what it is. Because I could have gotten a car accident. You know what yep. I mean? Or I got into a car accident. It's a gift. Well, I could have died. You know what I mean? So it's yep. like there's always, it, it, maybe it's exact. Maybe we need it to be in that flat tire. Yes. You, you have know? to embrace it. I remember speaking of a flat tire, me and my ex-boyfriend, we got in like a car accident like a long time ago. His entire tire popped off the axle. Wow. And the t- we're on the highway at night, and the car starts fishtailing and, like, spins out, hits that wall, hits that wall. In the middle of this accident, I remember he's like, he's like, oh, my. Once you start seeing that this is happening, he's like, oh, my gosh, oh, my God, oh, my gosh. And I literally said, relax. In the middle of the car, like, spinning <laughs> out on the relax. highway, I put my <laughs> hand down, and I'm just like, relax. In the middle of a spinning out, we both walked away without one scratch. You know what I mean? And it's just like if he continued to panic, we don't know what could have happened. You know what I mean? But it was just important that you just have to embrace it. Even in that moment, I'm like embracing it. It's happening. It's already happening. <laughs> embrace it. There's power in that. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when we resist what is, we create stress. Oh, God, yeah. Like there's been days where I have been tired. And then I feel bad that I'm tired. I feel Same. like, well, I shouldn't be tired because I'm supposed to be productive. And, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, you know what I mean? And then I get stressed about being tired, right. about the stress of being tired. Right. But when I just can get myself to a point where I can accept it mm-hmm. and surrender it and say, you know what? I am tired today. Right. No, don't resist it. It is embrace it, as yep. you say. I'm tired. And just when I embrace it, I get a little bit of energy. Exactly. From just not resisting what is. Just, you know, I'm not supposed to be tired. Well, I am. Be tired. Allow yourself to be tired. I wonder how much of our energy we waste resisting things. Too much. Too much. (laughs) Right? Yep. The only thing we should be resisting is people with bad energy. (laughs) It's the only thing I resist. When that energy is off, baby, I resist it. I keep you to a far. And tune in, right, and listen to ourselves mm-hmm. when when we get our gut feeling about somebody. Mm-hmm. Gotta keep that away. What do you think is your current purpose here? Um, my biggest purpose right now is helping my family and helping shine light on dancers who are consistently overlooked that are more than worthy 
maybe because they don't have a status or they because, because they don't know a certain person. Um, that's my biggest mission. Like right now, I'm like been really focused on helping my family because they're like seeing kind of tough times. Um, and then for dancers, like for Coachella, I booked like a lot of dancers who just are overlooked all the time. Like almost the majority of my cast are like overlooked dancers. That's Not amazing. because I initially tried to do that, but because I had an open audition where I got to see people that I normally wouldn't be able to see. If I had a closed audition, I would have been bullied into seeing who they wanted me to see. But because I was, I opened the door and I got to see who was hungry and who actually wanted to work with me, I actually got a handful of amazing talent. I mean, amazing. Like, these fucking dancers bodied. And not <laughs> only did they body it, their energy was amazing. You know, I, I had 22 dancers and everybody's energy was amazing. Where do you find that? You sourced it. No, no arguments, no spitting spats with each other. Amazing energy throughout the entire project. And amazing dancing. They were fucking phenomenal. They were fucking warriors. How important is that, right? To not just have the skill, but to have the right energy and personality for the job. It's number one. I will fire you for having bad energy. I will fire you for making things clickish. Um... Energy is more more important to me than anything because artists feel it. Definitely working with an artist like Doja, who is all about, um, is the word inclusivity, inclusive inclusiveness. Yeah. Um, she she likes for her work environment to feel like a family environment, um, and it feels like a family environment when working with Doja. And she wants to be a part. And she wants everybody to be a part. She doesn't want anybody to feel left out. She doesn't want anybody to feel, you know, like they don't belong or, you know, singled out. And it's very important to me. This job has taught me that it's important to make sure that I have people working for me that are like that. That, you know, if she's dancing around and having fun, that they're going to start dancing around and having fun. That they can dance around and have fun with each other. Like, not be so stuck up that... Yeah. Even the artist is starting to feel a little left out. You know because what I mean? Because as artists, we feel it. We're very empath um, empaths, mm -hmm. right? Artistic people, we tend to feel each other's vibes mm -hmm. more. So when you have that one person acting weird, it can throw off a set. It can throw off everything. So energy has become very, very, very important to me more than anything. I don't fuck with bad energy. I don't fuck with stressed energy. I don't fuck with, you know, wishy-washy energy. Um... I'm just very big on like just good energy. Yes. Yeah. I love that, man. This has been a great conversation. Thank you. <laughs> um, I guess I'll just end it with a couple of quick questions. How does it feel to have those teeth? And are they permanent? What's These going on? These are not there? permanent. They're fucking clicking fucking teeth. And it's fucking annoying because like I still don't know how to talk with them all the way. So everything's like so like, <laughs> you think it is? It doesn't sound too lispish to me. Oh my god! If I took these out, which I'm not gonna do because it's gonna be gross, but you would hear that I would talk a lot clearer. Oh okay. Yeah, but they they give me a little lisp. Um, definitely when I say words, but it's like an S because you they hear look it. It, they look great. Thank you. I feel like they just it just feels like what I feel like, you know. Yes. But yeah, you do have a golden personality. Oh, thank you. <laughs>
<laughs> it's funny that we both decided to wear uh isn't that fucking weird <laughs> so look i stole this look from a dancer in coachella he had a scarf on like this the on friday and i was still trying to figure out what i was gonna wear on sunday he had like a scarf on his head and like a cap and i said oh i'm gonna steal your look his name's like bj bj and i was just like i'm gonna steal your look and I took a picture of him. And oh, he it's was a like, vibe. He was like, okay. And I was like, no, I'm serious. I'm going to steal your look. <laughs> Two days later, here I am. But I was like at Coachella with a scarf on my head. <laughs> well, I like just the feeling of having that smooth, like, I don't know if it's silk or what it is, but just a smooth cloth here around me. It just feels yeah. nice. I actually really enjoy the scarf look. And I'm trying not to get too attached to it because... If I do, I feel like I'm gonna always have a scarf on my head. And I just Why not, man? Go full any Kravitz with it. You know, he would have like the, like the, the king size bed scarf. Oh my <laughs> like God. Were. I'm trying not to be that person because I really wanna continue to have dynamic, but I really love this look. It just feels really good. I like it a lot. <laughs> well, if it feels good, man, <laughs> keep rocking it. It was, Something was right. We both wore it today. Oh my God, the scarf. Right? <laughs> Twinsies. Well, Cortland, um, it was an honor having you here. Yes. It was, it was so great, great to get to know you. you. Yeah. Like, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Just genuinely. Like, your story seems amazing and your energy. And I really admire just, I guess, who you are. Thank you. Like, your character, your resume is very impressive, but your character is more impressive. Thank you. It's a, that's the vibe most important character over anything that can get lost out here in LA sometimes yes it's bad you're, you're a breath of fresh air I, I can see why good things are happening for you man thank you so much <laughs> I'm excited to see the show this weekend oh my god on Sunday I'll be wait. turning up <laughs> are you you're gonna be are you gonna be in the artist uh the artist I have a VIP pass but not an artist pass I think so. the VIP is the uh, I think I think the the artist the artist area is the VIP area. Oh, really? I thought they were different. I thought it was GA, VIP, and then artist was like a separate thing. Because, I, I mean, a lot of people can just buy VIP. They, they wouldn't let them around the artist. Very true. But should if you got an extra one, I'm going to see what I can do. See what I got. Because <laughs> um, I think even if, like, not, even if you have a VIP, I think I can get you a wristband for, like, the, I think, don't quote me on that, but I'm going to see what I can do. Well, one way or another, I'm excited to see the show. Yes. Mr. Cortland. It was so nice So much respect you. for you. Thank you. Yeah, so nice to meet you. I'm excited to see you this weekend. I'm so excited. All right, y'all. That's a wrap.